And we come here today because he's alive in us. We come here today because he's our every motion, our every thought, our every movement, and it's based on him. And God is saying to you today that be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm on the throne. I haven't moved, I haven't hiccuped or coughed or anything like that. I'm still God. And we do that today and we give him honor and we glorify him today. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for an opportunity to come and worship, an opportunity to come and hear your word, but also an opportunity to come and respond to your word by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. You may be seated. We always like to welcome you here today, a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. And for those of you who are brand new, uh, I would like to start out by not only giving you a right hand of fellowship, but also hope that you will uh, continue to connect with us and, and to get involved in the things that we are doing, especially throughout the week. On a Wednesday night, we are traveling through the book of Revelation, and uh, Beck is doing a great job with some other folk who are coming there, and uh, Pastor Rick is getting ready to come off of vacation. Pastor Alex is uh, in half of his vacation, and I'll be moving on into vacation here in the next few days. And we're looking forward to what's happening this fall. Uh, and I do want to say to you that we are uh, 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 whittling down uh, the place of our permanency and uh, there are some buildings out there and there's some land out there that we're looking at and we're pretty close to deciding uh, where that's going to be and we're looking forward to that so we thank you for your consistency in the midst of a summertime where people are traveling and things are happening now uh, obviously you might be uh, wondering uh, you know what the message is today in lieu of what, you know, Congress decided uh, uh, what what happened, you know, in, in our Supreme Court. Uh, that is already in the message today. It's just kind of strange how God works because we're talking about something uh, that our country really needs to catch a hold of. But what I want to do is start out by saying to, to all of you that when we started this whole discipleship process, and we started it several months ago because radical discipleship is what Jesus is after. And, 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 and we, we started by giving you Luke 9. In Luke 9, 23, we learned about Jesus' call to every believer and reveals the cost to be his disciple. And there's a cost there. And we're going to experience that cost, I believe, in the years uh, to come. And then we went into John 15, 7 and 8, and we talked about the character that is transforming in the content of his truth that produces fruit. We, we gave you that in February. Uh, and in March, we, we gave you Luke 14, 23, where his condition of lordship is unmovable and there are consequences to obedience. Luke 14, 26. And then we begin to hit you with John 13, 34, and 35. And he charges us to love and to everyday conduct that's just like him. And, and we, we did that a couple of months ago. And, and then last month, we, we, we hit you with uh, what you would call Matthew 28, uh, 18, uh, 19, and 20 because of the command that he gave us. But he said something 
last month in that command that we are now diving deeper into. He says, Lo, I'll be with you. But he also says, I want you to baptize them. Watch this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in the last two or three weeks, we've been talking about the importance of the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the importance to see him as deity. We talked about the importance of seeing him as omni, all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-everywhere. And, and today, we're going to see him as something that all of us needs, and it's called the spirit of truth. And if America ever needed to know what truth is, amen, she needs to know it today. If the believer needs to know what truth is, they need to know that today. Everybody is searching for truth. So with that in mind, if you will, if you would take your Bible, if you would turn with me to uh, John, the 14th chapter, because I just want you to understand why there is a need for truth. And Jesus in this 14th chapter is making a statement about the Holy Spirit and about the Holy Spirit being the spirit of truth. And, and, and he's making that statement for a reason. And I'm asking you today to listen closely because I probably won't step back down off of the pulpit until actually I go through a series of scripture because I want you to see it in the word of God and not my opinion and not what I feel and not what I think. We've got everything in this country today being shaped by people's opinion, by what they feel and what they think. And so I just want to read this to you because what you find in the 14th chapter of the gospel of John you'll see Jesus coming off of the 13th chapter having already told them that he's getting ready to go. And he tells them, hold, hold on, I understand that you're a little bit disappointed, but, 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 but don't worry, don't be afraid. Believe in God, also believe in me. And he answers the question not only of Peter, but he answers the question uh, also of, of Thomas, and he answers the question of Philip. Now, Philip asked an unusual question out of all of them uh, because when, when, when when Thomas asked the first uh, question about Lord, uh, you know, we don't know where the way is. Jesus starts out by saying, hold on, I am the way, watch this, I am the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And then Philip, in the eighth verse, asked him a question. You know, if you just show us the Father, <laughs> it'll be okay with us. And Jesus says, hold on, don't you know when you've seen me, You've seen the Father. I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. Don't you realize that I don't speak on my own initiative? But whatever the Father tells me, I tell you. And look, and if you don't even believe in that, at least believe, watch this, in the works that I do. As a matter of fact, those who believe in me and believe in the works I do, they would do what? Greater works. And you know what? They can ask me anything. And I'll go to the Father and he'll do it. Now, watch what he says here uh, in uh, verse uh, 14 all the way down to verse 17. And verse 17 is the content and the contents of the message today. He says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Jesus is saying to man, I gave you a helper in the beginning when I created you. She came out of you, and you've been coming out of her ever since. It's called woman. 
Okay, and, and, and then he says, I'm going to give you another helper because I'm the one that came and showed you who God is. I'll help you in that. I'm a kind of paraclete, but I'm going to give you another one. And here he is. It says, that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Now, 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 let's look at this for what it is. Let, let, let's first of all dissect the scripture. Jesus is making a statement as he presents the third person of the Godhead. He presents the other uh, person along with God himself, along with Jesus himself, and he puts them on the same plane, and what he calls him is the spirit of truth. Now, watch what this means. I want you to dissect this with me and just take a look at it. When you look at words, they make sense here. It says, that is the spirit, the pneuma. The pneuma basically means the breath that is personality from God and is God and is the character of God. Watch this. And it's a life-giving spirit. You know what else it does? It governs the soul. So, so he's saying the pneuma, uh, he says that is the pneuma of truth, alathia. The word truth means reality. It means that which leads to reality. And watch this, ladies and gentlemen. It's free from falsehood and it's free from deceit. So Jesus is saying pneuma, athila is what is a being. It's a spiritual being. And, and, and he calls him the spirit of truth. And watch this. And he says, in whom the world. Now, the world is not uh, 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 described here as a creation that God has made, but it is described uh, as an attitude, a thinking, an antichrist, uh, 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 what you would call uh, uh, behavior. As a matter of fact, in 1 John 2, uh, you, you will be able to read in verse 15 all the way to 17, it, it says, do not love the world, nor even the things of the world, because the world is described as what? The, the, the lust of the eye, the, 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 the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. It is an antichrist spirit. And so what he's saying is, is that this pneuma, this truth, this what you would call uh, aletheia, cannot be received by a world that what? Is, is in opposition to it. It cannot be received uh, uh, by a world who can't even receive truth, who don't even want to embrace truth, that they don't even want to look. It's incapable of it. Why? Because it's anti-Christ. And he says they, they cannot receive it. They cannot take it in. They cannot welcome it. Why? The reason is that it's unwilling, it's incapable, and it's in opposition to. It's called the cosmo, and it's a thinking, and it's a mindset. And Jesus said the world can't do it. So why are we shocked when they make decisions like that? Why are we shocked when people don't understand? Because they're incapable. And the Bible says there's a difference between a man who walks according to the spirit versus a person who don't have the spirit at all uh, because what fellowship does darkness have with light? Church, are you hearing me at all? So, so why should I or you be shocked? God has not moved. He's not hiccup. He's not going to sleep. He knows exactly what's going on. I tell you what, most of it, if not all of it, is according to his perfect plan. I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting a little bit excited. 
because I'm going to be reading some things to you in just a moment. I'm going to stay here, and we're going to look at Scripture today. You're not going to see a lot of commentary from me today, okay? And speaking of that, let's get back to the Word. And it says it cannot receive him because what it does not. All right, now watch this. Behold him. That means it cannot see him. It cannot gaze upon him. It cannot fix his attention upon him. Why? And it says because they do not know him. Now the word know means to be intimate. It means to be acquainted. It means to be casual. That moves to close. That moves to intimacy. It is incapable of doing. Now, Jesus is doing this as he announces the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. Then he puts the famous word in there, but. There are big buts and small buts in the scripture. This is a big one. He said, but you know why you have come to not only be acquainted, you have not only come to be casual, but close and intimate with him. You have come to comprehend him, the Holy Spirit. Here's the reason, because he what? He minnows, he abides, he remains, he sojourns, he tarries with you, and he will never depart from you and will be. That word means to exist, to happen, to be present in you. That's what it means. Now, let me just make a statement here. If I had a, a, an objective this morning, and the objective is to say this, Jesus Christ is saying the spirit of truth is characterized by absolute reality. Reality meaning that which is left after everything passes away. Absolute reality. And watch this. This spirit, the spirit of truth, is obligated to shape you in that very reality. So truth is not dealt with by a majority. Truth is not dealt with by cause of how you feel. Truth is not dealt with because of a culture. Truth is a person. Truth has the spirit. It is the spirit, and it is the spirit of truth. And there's not a soul that has ever lived on this earth that does not seek absolute truth. Are you hearing me? Yes. And that's why it's important. That's why it's important as a follower of Christ that you don't seek truth according to how somebody interprets the Bible. See, the Bible interprets itself. Do you think God would be stupid enough to leave the interpretation of his word to man? Come on. We got to give him more props than that. So, 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 so you and I, forevermore from this day forward, according to Friday, need to seek truth from here on out. But we need to understand that truth is a spirit. It's not an opinion. It's not a fad. It's not what somebody's thinking. They call him the spirit of truth. Now, before we bust down this second part of the objective, because Christ is calling the Holy Spirit the characterization of absolute truth, and he has an obligation, watch this, to you to shape you 
in that absoluteness. Now, isn't that a pretty good deal? That's his job, not yours. That, that's his job. Not what you think, not what you feel, not what you go through. But if you're really seeking truth, then let the spirit of truth guide you. Are you with me on that? So, so, it's, so it's important that you understand God has already dealt with this stuff. So, so, so I, I want to I just show you something real quick. And, and, and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for a reason. But let me just share with you the names. And I want you to understand something. There's 21 different names. I'm going to go through them real quick. It's called the speed reading course. He is called the Holy Ghost, okay, and he's called that some 97 times in the Scriptures. Watch this. Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of living God, Spirit of Christ, Spirit of Son, Spirit of Jesus Christ, Spirit of burning, Spirit of holiness, Spirit of promise, Spirit of life, Spirit of wisdom and understanding, Spirit of counsel, Spirit of might, Spirit of the knowledge and the fear of God, Spirit of grace, Spirit of supplication, the Spirit of glory of God, the eternal Spirit, the Comforter, the Spirit of your Father, and the Spirit of prophecy, and the Spirit of truth. Amen and Amen. That's what you've got helping you. That's what you've got shaping you every single day. Every single day. I mean, I, I know I've got reporters and people calling me and asking me what my reaction is about what happened Friday. I said, my reaction means nothing. My opinion means nothing. God is the one that I'm concerned about. And what he chooses to do. See, the reason why I like this spirit of truth because it keeps you from falsehood. And it keeps you from deceit. Let me just read this to you. See, seeking identity, any, uh, uh, seeking an identity by any measure other than our designer, God himself, or our redeemer is futile. Listen to this. Finding our identity is an inbuilt craving of the soul. It must be based on truth. False identity, think about this, ladies and gentlemen, is hard work. <laughs> Just think how hard you have to be to work to be somebody that you're not. A lot of energy, lost energy. We get old quick. False identity is hard work. Once chosen, folks struggle to make false identity work. Why would, you like, why would you like to spend the rest of your life trying to figure out who you are and God has already told you who you are because he's the one that redeemed you and he's the one that created you? Yet they are still not all right deep down inside, not only from a darkened heart but also in a broken world. Evidence of false identity is our demand that others support us. Others tolerate us and accept our behavior, even to the point that if we don't, they choose to silence us. That is the culture that you live in today. Okay? You only have one identity, and that identity comes from the one who created you. I had a young man write this to me. I'm a child of the living God. My heavenly Father is the most high sovereign of the universe above all time. Above all time because of all things and the rule of eternity. And he knows me. He chose me. He loves me. He always has and always will. His son, Jesus, is my friend. He is my king who has my love and loyalty. His uh, acceptance and, embracing, and embrace gives me wholeness and purpose. 
I am indwelled by his, the Spirit of God, my strength, my advocate. Who speaks God's truth to me faithfully? In him I have all that I need to survive and excel. I am secure forever in my identity as a child of the living God, loving and triumph. Because Jesus died for me, conquered death for me, forgave me, and indwells me. Therefore, Jesus defines me. I know who I am. And all that I am is a gift of his grace through simply believing and responding to his love. My God fills me with his indwelling presence. Therefore, I will stand in his precious identity without fear and without compromise. With triumph in life assured now and forever, truly I live and moved and have my being in him. That's your identity. That's who we are. And when people try to force a false identity, a false thinking, a false belief on you by the name of some kind of supreme court, there's a court that's the highest of all. And that court is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me this morning? Now, we're going to go through some scripture. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit's job is to shaping you absolute truth. The Holy Spirit's job, the spirit of truth, the pneuma, the ethos, that's his job. And Jesus even has this conversation. It's a funny conversation, if you will. I'm just going to read Scripture now, so just stay with me. We're going to spend some time reading Scripture. I won't, I won't give you any kind of... Uh, uh, you know, rebuttal. I just want, I, I just want you to, you, you to read this and, and read, it, read it with me. And, and, and we, we want to get to verse 32 in John 8. But what I'd like to do is I, I'd just like to start in verse 12. Just listen to the story. Again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the word, light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. That word means falsehood and deceit, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you are being witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know, watch this, where I am from and where I am going. He's talking about identity. You do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You people judge according to the flesh. You judge according to what you can see. I am not judging anyone. But even if I do, my judgment is true. For I am not alone in it, but I am he who sent me. Even in your law, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sends me bears witness of me. And so they were saying to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also, identity. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. And he said, therefore, again to them, I go away, and you shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Where I am going, you cannot come. And they're responsible. Therefore, the Jews were saying, surely he will not kill himself. Will he? Will he? Since he says, where I am going, you cannot go. And he said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not of this world. 
I say, therefore, to you that you shall die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. <laughs> and so they were saying to him, who are you? And Jesus said in a very short sentence, you don't get it, do you? This is the third time I'm telling you, and I'm going to tell you again who I am. He says this, what I've been saying to you from the beginning, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. They did not realize that he was speaking to them about the Father. Jesus therefore said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me, and he who sent me, he is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do things that are pleasing to him. And as he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. Jesus, therefore, was saying to those, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Now, watch this, ladies and gentlemen. This, we did this to get to verse 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. See, the Spirit of God's responsibility is to not only shape you in your freedom, watch this, but set you into your freedom and to your true identity. And the world is trying to lay an identity on you that is false. Now, now, now let, me, let me lay the groundwork for this in two other scriptures, and then we're going to close with show, showing you how he shapes you. 